Hi, I'm Dolores Quintana, and I would like to welcome you to the next episode of Burnt Orange Dreams. I'll be your host, and I will be interviewing Joe Bigos, writer, director, and 16-millimeter filmmaking enthusiast. He has made films like Almost Human, VFW, Bliss, one of my personal favorites, and he has a new film coming out this week called Christmas Bloody Christmas. Tis the season. So, um, just wanted to ask a few questions. Um, first of all, I guess I should start with Christmas Bloody Christmas. I understood that it was maybe originally a Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, remake idea. Is that actually true? Yeah, I was asked to pitch on um, a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night, and uh, I, I wrote a treatment that's pretty much beat for beat Christmas Bloody Christmas and the rights holders at that time didn't um want to go that far uh they were they said that uh you know it was uh not what the fans wanted it was too different you know despite me being the fan base of the movie but that's okay because now it's an original movie so but I mean yeah like the, I mean beat for beat I actually went back and looked at the treatment after we made the movie the one that I submitted as the the pitch and I mean it's pretty much the fucking movie so um wow that's how I'm going to, anytime I'm asked to pitch on a remake now, I'm just going to make it so fucking batshit insane that they either agree <laughs> and I get to make a crazy remake, or I at least didn't waste my time and I have uh, an original movie I can, I can write. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Um, that That's awesome. Can you imagine? I, I, I'm just thinking about that. I'm like, that's not what the fan base wants. It's like... Yeah, this is somebody who's not the fan base. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, like you, you are the fan base. I am the fan base. But yeah. anyway, I assure um, you, nobody, like nobody remembers Silent Night because of the uh, pulse pounding plot. So <laughs> yeah, true. So I wanted to ask you. It's kind of branching off from you know the topic at hand, but um, you really just kind of, you know, with, uh, especially like starting with Almost Human, um, you really just kind of went out there and made your films, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know if like you went to film school or if you followed that path or if you just decided you were going to make films and nothing was going to stop you. So I'm just kind of interested in knowing, you know, what is the Joe Bagos ethos? You know, what, what drove you, what um what um, is your your thing why do why do you make films um well it's just what i've wanted to do since whenever i can remember um you know i didn't go to film school uh i couldn't afford to go to a film school i mean if i did it would have been like my local community college which you know i don't know what good that is i was already making movies in high school and and all that stuff and um you know i i don't uh I don't think even now, you know, my, my writing is so uh, specific that, you know, I don't think I could break through as like, you know, some writing, some great script that people are going to want to finance, you know, they finance my scripts because, you know, they've seen what I've done before. Um, mm -hmm. So like, I never, I, I knew that I wouldn't break through like, you know, writing some hot script. So my kind of way was like, I grew up, you know, loving um, like Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson and uh, Robert Rodriguez. And, you know, the way that they broke in was they just made a movie with whatever they had you know, at their disposal. So I just kept making shorts. Um, and then when I came out to LA, I was seeing features that were being made for, you know, 
six figures, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that were lower quality than my shorts. I was making for no money. So mm -hmm. uh, I just decided it was time to figure out how much I could put together between credit cards and friends giving me a couple hundred dollars here or there and just making my movie because making a movie is going to, you know, that the, even if the movie doesn't sell or break even, it's like, well, I have this that I can at least use as a way to like attract finances next time. So, you know, I always knew that that was going to be the way that I would do it just because, that was the only way that I saw myself doing it, um, you know, and it so far it's all worked out. You know, I've been able to get a little bit more money for each movie. Yeah, that's great. And um, why horror? You know, obviously, you you, know, you said your influences are like Peter Jackson, Sam Raimi, um, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez doesn't always make horror films. Um, well, that was more of it, like, uh, just his, uh, his uh, approach to filmmaking and how he did it. And, you know, um, okay. and he was like a John, like I was introduced to Rodriguez through from Dust Till Dawn, like, and the faculty um, and Desperado. And then that's why I went back and watched Elmer Archie. It's like, oh, this guy was able to do this because this is how he did it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it was more or less like his, his, how he did things, you know, I do love his movies and I love action movies, but yeah, from Dust Till Dawn was how I was introduced to um, Rodriguez. Yeah. So um, is horror where you want to work, the space where you want to work? Yeah. You know, I'm not like I'm not somebody who's like building up or using it as a stepping stone. You know, if I get 40 million dollars to make a movie, I want to use it to make like a fucking werewolf movie or fucking <laughs> something crazy. <laughs> I love horror. Yeah. You know, I love genre in general. Like I'd love to make um you know, I mean, I, I've, I've made sci-fi stuff before, you know, this kind of has sci-fi elements. Um, I like action, but I'm also, I like adding, you know, I like kind of combining everything. I feel like VFW and this in particular and kind of Mind's Eye are like good examples of horror action sci-fi. You know, there's action set pieces in this that aren't necessarily like, you know, you don't watch a Halloween movie with car chases and explosions. Um, True. But this has, you know, so like, uh, but I do, I am anxious to kind of get back and make another really straight horror movie you know i feel like maybe bliss might be my only like straight pure horror movie everything else has some sort of element of sci-fi whether it's like aliens or you know telekinesis or mm -hmm. uh, the apocalyptic vibe of efw uh but you know and there's uh, kind of an like an action component i think in vfw yeah too yeah. yeah um i noticed one thing i noticed i haven't seen all of your films i actually went and I looked on IMDb and um, but one thing I, I have noticed is that you do like in VFW, um, you have uh, the young girl who kind of starts things, kicks things off by stealing, you know, the drugs um, and bliss is centered around a female character and uh, Christmas buddy Christmas also is centered around a female character. And I was just kind of wondering um was that just a coincidence or is that something that you're you like to do as a filmmaker? Um, it's definitely something I like to do. You know, uh, my first two movies had um, male leads and, you know, I thought that it, for me with Bliss, I specifically wanted to like do everything like different. Like I didn't want to like I just wanted to like turn everything that I'd done before in its head, like, you know, mm -hmm. the opposite. End. And so I wrote Bliss for the female lead um female character and i really enjoyed that experience of working with dora and um kind of fleshing that out and you know i didn't it was weird because i wasn't necessarily writing like a female character i was just writing a character that i would have if it was male you know i was just writing the character and i think that you know the, the way that that's distinguished is the performer um you know i wasn't mm -hmm. trying 
and that was fun to me to like now have that juxtaposition of us doing that and me and her working and having that collaboration and then um you know i went back into the vfw which was very you know we had uh sierra as the young lead but it was a very uh male driven movie and mm -hmm. uh, so in order you know and going through on christmas but christmas i wanted to do that again like so i like bouncing back and forth like that and i feel like there's uh an interesting dynamic to that you know and i don't i don't necessarily want you know I don't want to have the same character and like leading all my movies and I kind of want to grow on that. And, um, just a nice dynamic, you know, kind of switch it up, yeah. have a nice even split. Yeah. And with casting, how did you, uh, find, uh, Sam and Riley? Um, well, all the supporting roles in the movie, um, come from people that I know or have worked with in the past besides those two. And, you know, the partners at, uh, RLJ and Shudder, they were very, you know, they went a lot of credit goes to them for allowing me to make the movie non-cast contingent, which means I could like, I don't need a name to get the movie greenlit. The movie's greenlit. I cast whatever I wanted. So uh, right. for those two in particular, I, it's very important that I found somebody who was perfect for the role and could like work in the environment that I worked in. And, you know, I have a very like improvisational collaborative um, way of directing where it's very specific. And I want people to be in this very specific world and in this very specific mindset. But then within those confines that I give you, I want you to be able to work in those confines to bring your own thing to it. And like, you know, they were having, uh, Amy Renee was a fantastic casting director. She cast, she's the casting director on like all Jim Cummings movies and a lot of like really great indie movies. And, um, you know, she just cast a wide net and I was watching a lot of auditions and, uh, I kind of narrowed it down. I, I, Sam was like right off the bat, the only one I wanted, uh, with Tori, um, there was like a handful, maybe like half a dozen that had really good auditions. And then I went on and the next level, I was able to like work with them and go back and forth and like, um, riff with them and kind of perform with them and see where their minds were. And Riley, you know, as we got further into that process, just solidified how good she was. She was riffing on stuff like that would make it feel like it was, I had written it, wrote it, written it, Jesus Christ. I had written it and <laughs> she never met me before, you know, and, but mm -hmm. she was filling in these gaps. And also, you know, she's, that character is me, like. There's some like I, I kind of put elements of me in Sam's character too, but like first and foremost, um, Riley's playing a, a very heightened, ver well, slightly heightened version of me, and she realized mm -hmm. that you know as we started working and was able to like see little things that I did or ways that I would react to things, and Sam was able to do the same. And as we went, it was a really long two month schedule, and as we went along, like they were we were all able to collaborate. And you know, there's like there's a couple scenes in the movie that weren't even written. You know, like there's a big long dolly shot where they're talking about black christmas and uh blumhouse and all that stuff that wasn't written it was just them getting in a car and you see santa and we had extra time and i was like guys let's write a new dialogue scene if we it's not good we can just cut in as late as we want and like that mm -hmm. was just us like me like writing quick beats and then us like working the scene and figuring it out and you know they just took the, they, they knew what we were doing they understood we had the same view on what this movie was going to be um and you know th that's a testament to their uh how good of a performer they are that they were able to kind of do that and make it feel very naturalistic and um, very much an extension of me, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that means that's also good, really good casting because uh, you know, you have to have the actors who are willing to willing and able to work with you um, for, for that's like most of it is from what I understand. As long as you have the actors who can roll with you, then, you know, things are going to work out. Yeah, it definitely goes a long way for sure. 
Yeah. Just dialogue could sound really stupid coming from the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, it could. It could. Who's going to believably, passionately put everything they have on the line for Pet Cemetery too? So. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I was watching. Uh, yeah, I saw the film at Beyond Fest and um, at okay, the Legion. A, seeing it, <laughs> a, was, uh, like in a big packed theater, is the way to see the movie. That's what it was built for. Yeah, it was really a lot of fun, and you know, it kind it kind of is a throwback to like like the fun and the chaos of like the 70s and maybe some of the 80s like horror films like that just they're just doing their thing and I also wanted to ask you about because I heard that um you had Travis Stevens mentioned um when he was doing a Q&A at Beyond Fest that uh you and he had talked about uh filming on 16 millimeter and I just wanted to know uh, what your thoughts are about filming on 16 millimeter why that's your choice um yeah I've, I've been trying to convince all my filmmaker friends to shoot on film for a while and Travis is actually the only one so far who's actually done it so you know mm-hmm. uh, I was helping him out through the process and all that but I mean it's just like it's weird you know filmmaking is one of the only mediums or you know industries on the whole fucking world where like the technology has gone backwards, you know? And I mean, even a 16 millimeter Mm -hmm. camera, which was considered an introductory camera in the seventies has more latitude, has more resolution, has more, um, you know, like, it's just a scientific fact that it's better than digital, no matter what you could shoot on a fucking, you know, IMAX digital camera and 16 millimeters still has more depth and latitude. It's ridiculous that we're going back and backwards. So for me, like, um, I just always wanted to shoot on film ever since my first movie. Uh, and a lot of people would tell me that, you know, it's too expensive. It's too difficult. Well, come to find out that's all just people who've actually never done it um, because it's not hard. It's very, very fucking easy. And it's funny, like before we made Bliss, I had my most of my crew watch American movie, the documentary. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but um, I am. Yeah. So like, I was like, these guys are shooting on 16 millimeter guys. I think we could handle it. Like, give me a fucking break. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we went and did it and yeah, it costs a little bit more money, but I think that the production value and the quality you get out of it is tenfold worth more than whatever that bump in money is. And it, it's incredibly easy. The stocks and lenses are so fast. It's not like a lighting thing anymore. Um, and I think that stocks and lenses are so fast that 16 millimeter in particular looks to me like independent movies that were shot on 35 millimeter in the nineties or the late eighties looked, which is something I really like. So like, I think that there's just an element like where automatically when you watch the movie, it brings it subconsciously to a different level. You know, there's a reason why a lot of some of our best filmmakers still shoot on film and it's like not even a cocky ego, like out of touch thing. It's like, no, cause it's truly the best format to shoot on. And it's like, it's not even about the grain. That's how it reflects light. You know, like if you watch a movie shot on digital, every single time there's a scene inside the windows are blown out. That's because digital still can't recognize the high exposure outside versus being lit inside. And it's like, we're mm-hmm. 10 years into this guys. And there's a reason why windows are blown out and everything now. Yeah. You throw a 16 millimeter camera up and you're seeing outside the window, like you're seeing the depth, you're seeing the snow. It's like, it's just crazy to me that, you know, these things and it's like no it's not about grain it's not about the, it it's just in people who say you know there are people who like if i showed my dad he wouldn't know the difference between digital and 16 if i fucking put a gun to his head and asked him to tell me but you know what subconsciously when he's watching the movie it's making your brain do something where you're being brought to a different place you're being invested in a different way like so you know and i think that it's true like i mean i honestly like will 100 say that i feel like bliss and christmas buddy christmas would maybe not 
play as well if they were shot on digital like sure they'd still work but like the, mm-hmm. that's part of it you know and that's just it's just so important I, you know watching travis's movie like you know you, there's a lot of movies nowadays horror movies especially that are just shot in one location and it kind of just they all just look bland but you know you shoot on film and now you need to do everything differently and now the movie looks like a fucking it looks like a real it looks like a 70s movie and it looks awesome it looks like cinema um and you know it's just crazy to me that independent filmmakers are now the ones doing that when you know big budget movies are shooting and something that has lower resolution on my fucking iphone it's like okay <laughs> Sorry, i went on a rant there but <laughs> no 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 i i honestly that was one of the big questions i wanted to ask you about you know and uh then uh i'll take you back to the film um you know like i said i had a great time it was a big audience we were all going bananas you know the kills were great you know so you, you christmas buddy christmas is just so entertaining it's like a film that my family used to rent horror movies for Christmas every year and they would have loved this you know they they would have rented Christmas bloody Christmas and we would have really enjoyed it um so I just you know want to say like what is it that um that inspires you to make something that's just so violent and and just so but also so entertaining because sometimes people make violent movies and it's just really depressing but um yours yours is different you have like this um the sense of like fun and chaos that goes along with it that um makes it different yeah well i think that that you know i think that that comes from like when i make a violent or like you know doing death scenes it's not like i'm building the movie around that or like you know all right i'm gonna make a super gory movie and everything else is secondary it's like i just like sensationalism and i like heightened reality and everything so like to me the cool aspect is like all right we're gonna make a santa slasher but it's like i don't want the characters to all just be these stereotypes that you know that's what i hate is like you watch these movies and it's like all these characters who would never hang out together in real life they're all annoying Mm -hmm. and it feels like somebody is honestly like they're doing a job like, oh, I'm going to write a horror movie because that's what's going to get made. And like, and they're like, you know, and they almost look down on like, it's like, and it's like real life. It's like people don't hang out like these groups of people don't hang out, you know, and then you get the criticism that, you know, not only I get, but a lot of other filmmakers get writer directors where it's like, well, every character in the movie is the same. And it's like, no, they're not the same. But you know what? every character in my movie is like me because in my life everybody I hang out with is like me I hang out with people with similar interests so they fucking dress like me they like the same movies as me they talk like I do like we not not like I do but we all talk the same like so I wanted to make a movie that a like very specific it's like all right we're gonna make a slasher I want you to like the characters I want it to be characters that are gonna hang out you know what I love stoner metal I love doom metal I love horror movies I'm gonna make characters like that who live in that world because when people make characters like that they're fucking characters there's like nobody making a movie for people like me like there are people making horror movies people like us but like nobody who's making real deal characters like this so it's like well i want to make a hangout movie and the kills aren't going to be showcased you know what the first fucking 40 minutes is going to be these people hanging out and talking about cool stuff because that is appealing to me and of course santa's going to come and kill these people and then when he does i want those kills to be fucking heightened and then like you know i want the color palette of the movie to be heightened i don't want it to look like a normal christmas movie i want everything to be fucking heightened like yeah that house has a crazy amount of christmas decorations on it you know 
know why? Because it looks fucking cool. And that's what movies <laughs> are about. I'm sorry. It's about looking fucking cool. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous that that would be. And then if the power goes out, you know what? That's obviously not going to light the house through the blinds next. But you know what? It looks fucking cool. And nobody questions it. And it's like, you just have to detract yourself. And it's like, I want every element of my movie to be heightened and cool. I don't want there to be one aspect. I don't want you to like look at one aspect. And that's a selling point. It's like, no, I'm making a real movie that like, I love these characters. I love these kinds of movies. I love these people. I'm going to play it dead serious. You know what? We're going to fucking bring our A game to every single aspect of this movie. Like, just because it's a slasher movie about a robot doesn't mean it needs to feel cheap. It's like, we're going to fucking approach this like it's a goddamn, you know, focus features oscar bait movie even though the subject matter deems it like so that's just how i approach movies so i feel like every single element of the movie is going to be sensationalized you know it's like um you know it's like we have a an oral sex scene that's like six minutes long in slow motion that's super heightened it becomes crazy like intercut like how much more sensationalized can you get like you know and it's like making a reason for everything and making it not just there to be like we're gonna have a sex scene because it's a horror movie or we're gonna have blood because it's a horror movie it's like no like let's build a world where all these things organically happen and heighten all of them and they're actually there because they're part of the world in the story you know what i mean so i guess that's mm -hmm. just how i approach that stuff so like nothing nothing no one thing is more important than the other it's the collective experience to bring that sensational dreamlike experience uh you know and i want people to have fun with my movie i don't want them to like be bored no, i don't want them to dislike the characters i don't want them to root for characters to die i want them to be explaining scenes to their friends excitedly and like getting their friends to see them you know that's my favorite thing is explaining cool scenes in movies to friends and like exciting them mm -hmm. you know? and that's the type of stuff i want yeah. to make so cool and um i think i i might have seen this on twitter but um I think that uh, you brought up the point where uh, the film Don't Worry, Darling. I have to be careful because I almost always say Don't Worry, Baby, because I'm thinking of the Beach Boys. But um, that, you know, Olivia Wilde was going on about, you know, female pleasure in, in films. And you brought up that um, the only people who actually really on the good side of having sex are the women in the film, which I thought was actually, you know, like an underserved point in, in certain types of horror films that, you know, women are allowed to have like sexuality and like not just be, you know, in sometimes you know, like the Friday the 13th, you know, they're more stock characters, but I think that um, in bliss as well, you know, uh, Dora's character was was very sexual and unapologetic about who she was. Yeah. So I I think that um it, it's just I think that you made a good point there. And I was just wondering, did you have anything else to say about that? No, you know, I just think that uh, you know, I think that there's not enough of, you know, that in movies. And I think that it's like, you know, in this movie that the the oral sex scene with, you know, um, when he's going down or like that feels very sexy. And I don't know that that would have felt as sexy if they were just having sex or she was going mm -hmm. down like and, you know, I feel like it, very natural. It's a way that like that that's how sex organically progresses. Like, you know, it's I everybody enjoys like, I you know what I mean? So it's like I think it's almost a nature of like I don't think that that's represented enough. And I like I, you know, it's fucking I love, you know, shooting like people in very like very highly sensational sexual situations and like it's part of the art form and it's like and then we're using her you know her um 
her like her rise and her arc her sexual arc to go with this arc of santa and like i just think that there's cool sensational juxtapositions to that and it's not shown enough and you know um i think there's a beauty to all of that that's more than just you know oh let's have her take her top off and then we'll just show that like for 20 seconds but like instead of building the scene and like and i think that that's what drew you know when we were doing the scene riley was like very comfortable doing it because that's how we were doing it you know and i feel like that that is something that's underrepresented and i don't and it you know it's funny that olivia wilde was going around like bragging about that because i feel like once you see the movie it's like well there's not as much merit to what you were saying as once you watch the movie also it's not true because there's other there's also guys getting off in the movie too but like um yeah you know i don't know i just think that it, it, it you know i think it photographs i like the way it feels and looks and it's very organic and natural and that's how fucking real life is you know so like let's put it out there you know um mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it it seems it seems kind of like maybe I'm wrong, but like what you're saying is kind of boiling down to is that you take genre, specifically horror, seriously, and you want to build like a realistic world. Yeah. Um, yeah. that you find entertaining, but also you know, you think would not only photograph well, but you know, would be entertaining for other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was about to say, I, I actually during that shot uh with Riley and the sex scene, the just the way you were kind of juxtaposing all the things that were going on and like the the camera's movement. I and forgive me because I've only seen this once so far. I'm actually gonna go home and um watch it again. But it kind of seems like it, what does it remind me? The camera movement kind of remind, reminded me a little bit of like uh, Argento and Tenebrae with that outside crane shot. But I know you guys didn't have a crane. Yeah. And I was just wondering if, and I may, probably am going over here, but um, time wise, but um, how did you, did you kind of plan that shot out or was it something that you just uh, kind of worked on once you got on set? Um, it was kind of loose on set, you know, cause obviously it was just me and them in the room with, a, and I had, a, you know, camera, the zoom lens and like, um, just because I knew that the scene was going to be in slow motion. And I feel like that there's just a sensuality to like having slow zooms and slow pans and slow kind of like, uh, it just, you know, I wanted the camera move to be sexy. I wanted the the lighting to be sexy like it's a you know I wanted it all to have a very sensual feel in the way that the camera was like it's not voyeuristic but it's it, you know it's elevating what's there and it's sh- shooting in an artful way and it's like not an exploitative way but it's like you're almost like it's giving you like a euphoric feeling like the characters are doing and dragging you in a hypnotic way into that and um so I kind of had the basis for it but then once I'm there in the room you know and you you're working with the actors you kind of start to see maybe where the camera's gonna go but it was always the idea to have it be very slow, but always organically moving and kind of getting closer and moving in with the actors as it's happening and the same things and they're both blowing to their head, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think uh, we've got to go, but it's very nice speaking with you. And um, uh, do you have anything uh, in the works right now? Uh, I'm, I got to finish a small little COVID movie I started that ended up becoming a super complicated ordeal, of course, knowing me, you know, because I can't do anything fucking easy. So that'll probably be the next movie that comes out because it's almost fully shot and we have to get back mm-hmm. to it next week. But yeah, so it's like if Gaspar Noe made brain damage starring me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that'll probably hit soon. And then, you know, I don't, um, whatever somebody's willing to write me a check for, I want to make a sequel to this. I want to make a um, really gnarly satanic cult movie. I want to make a werewolf movie, you know, I don't know, whatever somebody's going to pay for. There you go. Well, again, once again, thank you so much uh, for speaking with me and I hope you have a nice holiday. You too.